And with me this morning, Dr. Rajbans, and he's the president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Good morning, Dr. Rajbans. Good morning. Now, on Tuesday, it was World Vitiligo Day. Can you tell us a bit more about this skin condition? It's basically normally it's a genetic condition, you know, sometimes it can be hereditary, but most time it just occurs and it's, you know, someone with white patches all over. Yes. Yeah. Some people have just a few spots uh, which can't be seen, but some, some of them actually can have very severe sort of vitiligo where, you know, you get all over the body, face, everywhere. Uh, I think there's a famous model who's, uh, who's got yes, a vitiligo. Yes, Winnie Harlow. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so some people are not worried about it. They take it as part of life and they carry on and you know can come in uh, famous models uh, with vitiligo so so a lot of people who have vitiligo do worry whether it's uh, they got other co- correlated uh, sort of uh, uh, autoimmune disease. Uh, most of the time they don't. It's just a benign thing. Some of them try certain skin creams to try to darken the vitiligo but most of the time it doesn't mm-hmm. work. It's most of the time it is benign. It's very few F correlated autoimmune disorder so they just have to keep an eye on that right so is there's no treatment for it no cure uh, at the moment no real cure yeah okay does it cause any like itchiness or pain nothing or normally like no all my patients with tiligo have no issues uh, so it's just cosmetic really yeah, that's, isn't it yeah that's, that's right alright when we come back we'll take a look at a study that would link common chemicals in cosmetics and toothpaste to osteoporosis so we'll be discussing that after the Spice Girls on light on HealthWise, we've got Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Now, exposure to various chemicals commonly used to reduce bacterial contamination in cosmetics, toothpaste, and even toys and clothing may come with an unintended risk, osteoporosis. It's said that triclosan is the culprit in this particular study. So, Dr. Rajbans, can you tell us if this A is true and what exactly is triclosan used for? I think it's uh, the thing is there's so many chemicals now in our you know whole uh, not only just the atmosphere the, or our food but also in all the things we use you know like you said from cosmetics even toothpaste you know something mm-hmm. that's so often we use we use it every day and uh, though the triclosan is you know antibacterial so you actually use it because you want to kill bacteria but then again it has its own issues you know like causing osteoporosis disturbing the thyroid uh, gland I, I just well, what can we do you know are we going to go everything back to basics and organic mm. or maybe just use in small quantities or whatever we have but I think it's more than just all this type of uh, things that we use on our body but also the atmosphere the food so I think trying overall to decrease the amount of chemicals that we are ingesting or using is actually the best option right. because the body can handle certain amount of toxins you know the body knows how to get rid of mm. that but when it's overwhelmed with so many things then that's I think when the problem comes right do you know if there are any cancer risks associated with triclosan uh, I think there's no uh, suggestion but you see those people who are prone f- genetically to get cancer any chemical can trigger off things that can you know lead to uh, some cells getting you know mutated and starts off from there so uh, so again overall reducing the amount of chemical exposure ingesting it and uh, and applying it is the best option all right when we come back we'll take a look at heart disease and its long-term impact on the brain according to this new study that's next here on light 
It's a light breakfast with Shaz on HealthWise Today. Dr. Rajban's with me. And uh, the latest study published in the Journal of American College of Cardiology um, uh, has uh, found that scores on cognitive tests, including verbal memory and the orientation of time, has dropped faster after patients have received a diagnosis of coronary heart disease. Uh, I guess this is a, a little alarming. I mean, how does a heart-related disease affect the brain, Dr. Rajbans? I think, I think they go hand in hand if you ask me. You know, what happens in the heart actually happens in the brain. The talk of cardiac reserve, uh, we also talk of brain reserve. You know, if you get blockages in the heart, for example, you get atherosclerosis, you know, coronary artery disease. The same thing is probably happening in the vessels, in all the vessels, you know, uh, vessels that lead to the legs, vessels that lead to the brain. So the same probably atherosclerosis is also happening in the brain. So you also get decreased uh, blood supply in the brain. Uh, also, if your heart has got, like, for example, irregular rhythms and uh, it's not pumping blood well, that will affect the brain again right. because uh, you can get minor, uh, small, small micro infarcts, and that's why we get a condition called multi-infarct dementia. Mm-hmm. You know, which is the second most common cause of uh, dementia after Alzheimer's. So, so all these I think are reser- uh, related. So, heart disease, brain disease, heart uh, cardiac reserve, uh, brain reserve—they all go hand in hand. Keeping a healthy heart will also keep a healthy brain. Right. So anything, I mean, heart um, issues should be tackled initially before yes. anything else. Yes. In is fact, uh, sometimes when you look at someone with a brain issue and you find that there's a lot of small, small ischemic stroke in the brain, mm-hmm. you said we have to go and look at the heart. All right. All right. Now, uh, alarmingly, we are all growing horns. That's uh, a new study that they found um, because of the decades of uh, phone usage. Well, we'll get Dr. Rajman's thoughts on that next here on Light. And with me on HealthWise is Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. And, you know, it's no secret that your cell phone is, you know, disrupting your health in some way, shape or form. But there's been a new study out of Australia that is suggesting that cell phones might be the reason young adults are developing horns. (laughs) We're growing apparently horns, uh, horn-like spikes at the base of our skulls to relieve pressure induced by hours spent hunched over our phones. I mean, they have basically... Um, done the study, overall 33% of the 1,200 men and women aged between 18 and 86 um, have exhibited this enlarged external occipital protuberance. Uh, And it's alarming really, isn't it? Or is this just evolution in the making? What are your thoughts here, Dr. Rajbans? Uh, I think this definitely uh, can happen. You know, we know that people sitting too much in the front of the computer and, uh, you know, watching television, bending their neck. So you can get a lot of these spurs occurring in the spine you know you get that in the cycle spine you get it in the another place in the lumbar you know the lower back again again because of posture you get all these mm-hmm. spurs so they call it cycle spondylosis lumbar spondylosis so the same thing is probably happening here it's just the way you have posture is bending the neck to a certain angle that causing the occiput to yeah. come out with this uh, extra sort of what we call the spur or a bone and uh, the thing is you must be careful because all these things ultimately can cause issues you know like spondylosis can cause uh, uh, pressure on the nerves can get numbness and pain and people end up going for surgery so uh, what we normally teach people is good posture good uh, exercises the neck and the back so same way here I think uh, when you're looking at a phone be careful you know uh, 
bend the neck for too long, keep your phone up, and mm-hmm. you know, once you finish, just stop, and maybe get some good neck exercises to strengthen the the neck muscles there, so you don't get all these problems with this bone protrusion or spurs. Right. So, d- would you happen to know what the best pos- uh, posture would be when using your devices? I think it's best is still straight. You know, keeping mm-hmm. your neck straight, uh, and then don't bend. If you do bend your neck, don't make sure it's not for too long. Okay. You know, remember that because sometimes we forget, you know, and we have all these bad postures that cause a lot of problems to our spine. All right. When we come back, we'll take a look at a study which ties unhealthy gums to liver cancer risk and other issues. We've got that next here on Light. And with me this morning for HealthWise is Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. A large study of people living in the United Kingdom found that those who reported having poor oral health, such as sore bleeding gums or loose teeth, had a 75% risk of developing liver cancer. Dr. Rajbans, what is the link between the gums and the liver? I think uh, we know that uh, unhealthy gums uh, can cause heart disease and it's, they say it's related to the bacteria that that actually caused this whole issue. Mm-hmm. So probably the same thing is happening here that, you know, we know a lot of times liver cancer, you don't know what causes it, but probably some sort of a, maybe a infection that triggers off the whole cascade of things that occurs. And gum disease is probably where the source of the infection was, right. you know. So probably not only just the liver, but the heart and everywhere else. So because, you know, imagine infestation there of bacteria can actually go straight st- into go the straight, bloodstream. Ah, that's right, go straight into the bloodstream and migrate anywhere. Wow. So probably this is the case so it's interesting that how you know we're taking gum to many diseases in our body so keeping the gums healthy you know going to your dentist and getting that checked and mm-hmm. doing all the right things for oral hygiene I think is really very important right do you feel that brushing and flossing twice a day is enough I suppose it should be enough if you do it correctly but you know it's always good that after you know sometimes people don't do that but if you I suppose after every meal it's good just to you know maybe just uh, make sure uh, you don't have food particles for, yeah, stuck food particles there, yeah? or just you know maybe just gargle a bit more and uh, make sure there's nothing there okay so Dr. Ajban's final words this week yeah you know that uh, we're having on July 20th the uh, Malaysian Wellness Society workshop yes. uh, six interesting talks by six different speakers uh, it's from 9 to 5 it's I think tea breaks and lunch so it's filling up actually I heard there's only 20 last seats left uh, again those 20 have been sponsored by someone oh, so if you're lucky wow. call in or you go in and check in on the, our uh, www.wellnesssociety.org and there's a number there to call and give your name and you know if you're you probably will be the lucky one for the last 20 okay wonderful uh, do that quickly okay because those seats go really fast well thank you so much Dr. Rajbans thank you